to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys with unmovable contracts. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> I'd love for my contract to be unmovable. I, f- I fear that my contract is very, very movable. Um, <laughs> still good for now. I uh, just got a, a company Christmas present, so that makes me happy. A free I, was just movie implying, I was just implying that your contract hasn't moved uh, <laughs> in several years. Well, that is true. That is true. I, I've made my home here. I like the city. Um, I'd hate to have to rent out my home to you know, Peter Laviolette or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Philadelphia. And uh, I'm Gene Zielak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And, uh, you know, it's often been said that uh, with with my contract that, you know, you could look for more potential in the draft, but really are you going to find somebody that has the same sort of talent that I have? I don't know. Uh, am I overpaid? Probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, you you have to make sure that you find the show at Potadelphia. That's also <laughs> <laughs> And that's what makes you the big bucks, the that's thoroughness right. there. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> beating, beating comedy into the ground. That's really where <laughs> my wheelhouse is. You know, I like that they, they tell you in school to do a book report, and they say, you know, uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them. And then tell them what you told them. Now, at Potadelphia, here we go. We tell you where you, you can find us. We tell you where you can find us. And then we tell you where you can find us. Yeah. And it's all. It's all and then we tweet irregularly. <laughs> hey, but when we do, it's usually gold, Jerry. <laughs> uh, did everyone have a nice Festivus? Uh, it, was, it was great. It was for the rest of us. Um for for as as bad as 2020 has been, the airing of the grievances um, went surprisingly well. Um, but yeah, uh, great great festivus, very nice, laid back um, uh, Christmas highlighted by uh, the kids getting a switch and me watching the new Wonder Woman. Nice. I, I learned recently that my neighborhood does have a uh, a festivus house. Hmm. Uh, there's a uh, there's a family that has a happy Festivus, a, a giant Festivus pole in the front yard, and a box for you to submit your grievances. <laughs> Sorry, the Festivus house like sounds almost like a Fight Club euphemism. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have a Festivus house, and the feats of strength are coming. I was just going to say the feats of strength this year were just me getting out of bed for like a week straight. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid performance from Eugene. I, uh, I, I'm in all of your uh, your stamina there. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't say I didn't. I got out of sweatpants. Let's let's not let's not give me too much credit. <laughs> there you go. Well, we start this week where we start all weeks at the bottom with the Eagles, the Eagles. Uh, yeah. just a really a miserable. A miserable Sunday overall, but you know, a miserable Eagles performance against uh, the rival Dallas Cowboys in a Dallas week that was kind of a apathetic Dallas week. Yeah, you know, it lacked, mind, its, I, I, it lacked its usual, its its normal sense of like uh, 
I don't know, juice or whatever. It didn't have any, there wasn't really any, it was, you know, an important game in theory because by losing, we were eliminated from the playoffs. If we had won, we, to a certain degree, it turns out would have controlled our own destiny. Um, But it's almost like we've always controlled our own destiny and we've decided our destiny is to shit the bed. I think that's what we've decided. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we were destined to uh, not win the division and, and, and you know, not be a particularly a good team. But, I mean, it's kind of like your heart could be in it. Like, you're o- like you're always going to root for the Eagles to win, right? Like, every game, it's impossible to intellectually turn that off and say, okay, I, I would like us to lose to Dallas this week. So your heart is in it. You want them to win. But you also know in the back of your mind that it's best for the Eagles to just lose – Let's just end this, like, mercifully, finally end this, and we can start to talk about where we go from here. Um, so, I mean, it, it, had we won this game, you know, we'd be in this basically a playoff game this weekend against against the Redskins. But since we had lost this game, let's kind of start there. But, what would you like to see happen on Sunday against the, the, I'm sorry, the Washington football team? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm going to go first because my answer is going to be really short. I, I mean, I don't want to see Jalen Hurts get injured. Uh, I don't want to see um, uh, Sanders like get, injured. get injured, Chuck. <laughs> no, D- Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> uh, we'll, just, we'll talk we'll talk to d jackson a, a little just, bit but yeah just put his career out the pasture give him give him the old i was gonna say lassie give him the old yeller treatment and just just put an end to that experiment <laughs> give him the last timmy lassie is perfectly fine why are you putting her down <laughs> the spoiler alerts are just all over this <laughs> i never saw that episode of lassie thanks <laughs> where Timmy had to put her down. Yeah. Especially someone's in the well, boy. Great. <laughs> so you've honestly never seen an episode of Lassie. No, I've seen lots of episodes of Lassie. I didn't see the one where Timmy shoots her. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's not a real thing. What about Rin Tin Tin? How did that dog go out? Probably a misadventure. I assume. <laughs> Perhaps I was going to say like a punk, but, <laughs> but that's just me. Sorry, what the hell was the question? Gene, answer seriously. I don't know what the hell I want to what, what, from the Eagles. What do I want to see? I, I want to see... I want to see us remain mostly intact. Um, I'd like to see if there is some semblance of, I guess, younger players that, you know, not so much that are expendable, but to a certain degree, I would treat this almost like a fourth preseason game in a weird way. Um, I don't want to be non-competitive, but, you know, do I need to see anybody who is um been languishing uh you know with with m- nagging injuries no uh, i certainly don't want to see myalata because i'm starting to be convinced that he might actually be the answer for left tackle next year so you know i don't want him after he's just coming out of concussion protocol uh in a nasty hit that the eagles sent to the to the league um i don't want to see him in there so you're gonna have to have some sort of makeshift Again, and we're gonna have to hear the stat of how many offensive lines we started. Uh, we've got to be up near twenty at this point, and that's not even an exaggeration. Um, you know, 
as far as the quarterback goes, I, I guess the the decision is probably going to be that you're going to put Jalen Hurts out there, and 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 sort of have some semblance of continuity. Um, but I would hope that they're going to give him a, ve- a pretty vanilla offense, and uh, I want to see a whole hell of a lot of max protects, and uh, I want to see the kid not get hit. And I, I think I would tell him, man, look, you need to be throwing the ball away. I don't need, you know, don't try to do anything. No hero ball, nothing heroic, you know, nothing her- like resembling the word heroic. Um, just get out with your head attached to your shoulders. Uh, and if we lose by 30 points, then so be it. But the important thing is that we all have to like fight to play another day. Um, why, why are you like protecting everyone? It's the last game of the season. I, I, I the only person I w- want to protect really is Jalen Hurts because he is a an asset. Whether you're going to move on from him or you're going to start him next year, I, I have no idea what they're going to do. They've put themselves in the worst possible case scenario in this whole situation. Um, so. I, I I don't know, and and Myelotta I also think is a is a valuable player. You know, Fletcher Cox obviously hasn't been healthy. There are players on this team that you're gonna need to build around. We can't basically scrap the whole squad and start from scratch. Um, I know that's what Jacksonville looks like they do every year, but um, <laughs> you know there are pieces that I think we need to to value. This is the problem with it with the NFL in a, a certain degree is once teams get eliminated from contention, the 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 need to sort of stay healthy and protect and not be as competitive uh, becomes very apparent. And usually it doesn't result in, you know, throwing the game necessarily as it does. You're going to put in a less quality uh, lineup, so to speak. You're going to you're going to use players that are, you know, much more fringe on your on your roster than you probably would have. Um so I, I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a sort of a, a group of guys you you may not have ever heard of. Uh, you might hear of some some call ups, you know, the next day or two of practice squad guys and some people that are shifted uh, around. Uh, that's what I expect to see. And, and I mean, there there isn't really anything that can be gained from this game at this point because there's there's no stakes. Um, I got a question: Is this game seriously the Sunday night football game? I think it was, but I think they're they're subject to move, isn't it? But we haven't gotten word that the the Eagles Washington game is getting flexed out. Uh, not that I've heard of. <laughs> I think it would have to be. I mean, unless unless it's to, it's only Tuesday. We are recording this on Tuesday, as is our our new recording day. It it has to be flexed out. I can't I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that game in person. <laughs> yes, you are. You have to. <laughs> yeah, I probably will, but I'm not going to pay attention. Um, but as far as like, so all right, let's say this game, and I'll tell you, I, I can tell you what game's going to get moved into it. I, you can see it plain as day. There's a 4:25 Seattle. Uh, 49ers yeah, I was going to say game. it's got to be an, an NFC West game, right? That that would probably be the better game to move. Um, it's not going to be the Jags and Colts. It's not going to be. I mean, do you move the Cowboy Giant game? I don't know that that matters any more than this game. Um, maybe the Dolphins and the Bills, but that division's locked up. The game to move is the Seattle 49er game because it's already a, a late game on the West Coast, and um, it's probably the one that's got the most, you know, value as far as the – and there must be a rule as far as what time – like at what point in the week they have to make that decision. I don't know if it's that they have to do it by Wednesday or 
or Thursday, but I think they do have well, to make a decision. I think soon. the fact that there's no fans makes that a little bit easier. There's also that too, because you're not having to worry about people moving. I didn't even think of that. I'm gotten so used to the way this this whole thing works. I don't even consider fans. I don't. I don't know when I'm going to start getting to wrap my mind around the fact that you know people will actually be attending these games again. So in terms of like winning or losing the game, here's kind of where my head is. I I, I would love to win this game but only if it allows dallas to make the playoffs and screw them out of draft position Mm. i'll take that uh otherwise you got to lose the game i mean like you don't really don't want to be moving up three or four draft slots because you you won this game you really don't i mean there there's there's very little to take away from this season, like a moral victory. That that ship has sailed. You know, I was going to say that when you were talking about how I didn't re- really feel like Dallas week. Well, I wasn't going to be sticking out my chest if if, da- if we beat Dallas. It wasn't going to be like, ha, we, we beat you. We have five wins now. You know, we might become the most embarrassing division winner of all time. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, no, a loss helps the Eagles a lot better. But I do like the idea of screwing over Dallas's future because, man, I guess the whole division is playing for the future. Nobody has to be feeling good going into next season. Well, and, and Washington just was was Haskins their starting quarterback or he certainly, I guess, was in the in the plans for the future. And they had to straight cut him because he's such a such a disaster as far as as following any sort of protocols and stuff like that and team rules. You know, talk about uh, a situation that might be uh, less desirable than the Eagles. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> where you've got to you've got to cut a guy who you were looking at a potential starting quarterback. Um, and then and now you're gonna you're gonna draft what twentieth? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that that's that's sort of where you're you're gonna fall. I, I mean, and the Eagles could end up finishing. You know, if with a loss, you can end up in the maybe in the top five, certainly in the top ten. I mean, it, it there is, sadly, there's value in loss. Um, there is cert- a certain appeal to having. Uh, it, it's so strange to say there is a certain appeal to me to having Dallas advance to the playoffs to get the doors blown off them. Um, I I just I think that that would maybe have me watch that wild card game, um, but uh, there there there's no good in this situation there's no like something i can be like ah you know way to go team you really you really gave me something to be proud of because there isn't this is this is the first year probably since the year they had to fire chip kelly basically a, you know five years ago today um where i've actually gone into an eagles game with zero uh intention of of being emotionally invested uh, there have been bad Eagles teams that I've been emotionally invested in. I have zero emotional investment in this game that's coming up. The same way I had zero emotional investment in that game against the Giants that that Chip Kelly didn't coach. Because I know that there is literally nothing that's going to make any difference to to anything with this, with this game. Yeah, I was just going to ask that, Gene, of is there anything on the field that would, like, give you hope? You know... It, Let's think about the the quarterback situation, and we go into it every week, so we don't need to go into it too much. But what result would 
would make us feel most comfortable. Can Hertz like win the job if Hertz goes out there and throws for six touchdowns and runs in for two more? Do you go, okay, well, the, the job's yours? Like, I, I, no, because, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, at this point, I think about two weeks ago, and I, I don't know what I was thinking because not that much has changed, but about two weeks ago, I was thinking there's no way, there's no way the Eagles seek to come back with both Hurts and Wentz. You know, I could see it happening just due to circumstances. Now I kind of see it as likely, and I kind of <laughs> see it as probably the plan, you know, of just we don't have enough information. You know, you know, give us all your offers, and they're all going to be for Hertz. You know, if you're accepting offers on both of them, it's going to be for Hertz. Yeah. And then what do you do? Do you... I can't imagine you moving Hertz out and I can't imagine you handing him the keys to the franchise either. So, well, here I have the solution. This is the solution. Oh, You're going to have a really high draft pick. You just draft another quarterback. <laughs> you just, you just, you just go full on Cleveland Browns. Only you just, you know, you just go ahead and, and have all of them on the roster all at once and, and have some sort of a, a Royal rumble. Um, you know, when you buy a quarterback every year, you're not a quarterback factory. <laughs> you're, you're a quarterback you're, processing plant. I was going to say you're, you're more of a, uh, a quarterback streaming service. That's yeah. a quarterback impound lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how the Eagles game has gotten to this point in the season that we're just workshopping jokes. <laughs> that was just like, oh, that's good. That's good. Impound lot was good. Uh, streaming service. Hmm. All right, so between those two, everyone's fighting for the show title. <laughs> um, hey, speaking Someone of workshopping that. jokes, uh, how about Deshaun Jackson? Oh, <laughs> I mean, what, what the fuck, man? Do, this do you, guy. Do you think that there was any value in bringing him back? Do you think that he's done any good for his um, his legacy as a Philadelphia Eagle in this second? Um, the second tour of duty, or do you think that honestly it would have been better had he never come back? It's, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, his legacy as an Eagle is his legacy as an Eagle. And it's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty good one. I mean, I'm always going to remember Deshaun Jackson as like a, a great Eagle receiver, you know, for what, for what he brought to the table and, and what he did with the, you know, as far as home run balls go, um, and he was part of some pretty memorable Eagles games and, you know, miracles, the Meadowlands and things like that. So, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's always going to have like a special place in my heart, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say, but, um, just like, come on, man, you're a, you're a four win football team and, you know, dude, a 75 yard touchdown catch is pretty, pretty nice, but, I don't know. Not really the, not really the time or the place to be doing flips and. Right. Speaking of the miracle at the Meadowlands, that little trot down the goal line to kind of <laughs> draw it out a little, a little longer. I don't know. I I didn't love it. It's fine. I guess if, if it, he's having fun, it's getting his motor. But then where was he for the rest of the game? Yeah, I know. He just sort of vanished. 
I mean, this is my my thing with Deshaun Jackson. As much as even in in the the flashes that we've had, sort of in the second tour of duty, he he just is not in a position, I guess, physically anymore to be able to stay healthy. Um, a lot of his injuries, other than the one that was most recent, have been non contact injuries. And I I guess when you just if you're predicated on on speed you know, eventually there's just too much wear on the tires. And even though it may not appear, uh, you know, at the surface that he's any slower, uh, perhaps the problem isn't so much that he can't get up to top speed. It's that he can't, he can't stay on the road, so to speak, if we're talking about, uh, you know, if we're going to take the car analogy all the way out to its final position. So, um, but so, I mean, I think clearly they're going to move on from him. Uh, I don't know how that contract is, is designed. If it's sort of like a, mutual thing if if that whole 75 yard dash was one of those things where it's like let me just show on tape one more time that I still got it um so I can go get a job someplace else cuz I think if you'd have to be dumb to not see the writing on the wall when you're looking around the the wide receiver room to know that you know I don't think I fit here anymore um so you know maybe How that was... was I mean he might have a place here but I mean, you might as well carry him on the roster for as much as he plays. It's just, I, I can't, I can't get the Leroy Jenkins meme out of my head. Yeah, it's like you get Deshaun for like one play a year, and he goes full bore, and it's fun as hell. And then it's like, all right, well, now you're out, and yeah. we'll see you in a couple of weeks when we do this exact same thing again. Yeah, you you can't help the team if you're you're spending so much. You know, I don't I don't necessarily question his desire to want to play. I I just don't know that when you get to this point in your career that you can be counted on as as the guy. Um, and maybe there's oh, a, not even close. Yeah, maybe there's a place where you know he can sort of collect a check and and be sort of a a guy that maybe sells a couple jerseys. I I, I don't know, but. You know, if I were him, I might, uh, I might look, you know, into becoming a wide receiver coach or something. I, I think I would probably try, you know, and and get out while I'm still, while I've still got everything attached. You know, what I mean, like he has taken some gnarly hits this year, and I don't know how much more I'd want to take at this point. He has he has his future lined up for him with the wide receiver analyst guy on Fox, CBS. ESPN, NBC. It really is like I'm not saying he's gonna have a long run of it, but that's where that's where like wide receivers with big personalities go when their you know career is over. You know, you try them on the Sunday shows and you see what happens. Okay. Um, let me ask you guys this: it, what, what do you think? What is your gut telling you? You know, twenty years from now, who, who and you look back on this era, who who will have had the better career, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? I'm gonna say, I'm so biased at this point. I'm gonna say Jalen Hurts, even if, even if he is not a franchise quarterback, even if he doesn't pan out here in Philly. He's got enough of a football IQ and enough skills that I could see him becoming, I don't know, like a Jeff Garcia type. 
where he sticks around is everybody's favorite quarterback for, you know, a year or two as a uh, stopgap starter. You know, that, that for me is, is his floor. Wow. And maybe better that that's a and that's a better career than Carson Wentz is what I'm hearing at this point unfortunately yeah I mean Carson Wentz it's it's he has a bigger hill to climb I don't see Carson Wentz sticking around to be the Andy Dalton for a team um I I think it's it's gonna be all or nothing for him he's gonna be somebody's starting quarterback or he's gonna end up on the Jets, on the Jaguars, you know, where do quarterbacks go to die, have half a good season, and then be be forgotten about? I think, I, I, you know, maybe partly to be the devil's advocate, I think that in the end, I, I really do think that Wentz will have the better career. Um, I, I, I think that this situation here in Philadelphia, you know, since the whole... 2017 sort of MVP form and then sort of the the fall from grace. I, I think that there is something that this franchise did to him mentally that the the thing that both parties need is to uh, part ways and, and sort of reboot. I think that the Eagles need to reboot with Jalen Hurts and see if that can work. At least then you're you're still quarterback. You're not paying a quarterback a whole hell of a lot of money to, to be on your bench. Um, I do think that there's a place in the league for a guy like Carson Wentz. I do think that in the right situation, he can probably still have leadership skills. I think that if he was to restart another, uh, you know, at another franchise with sort of a clean slate uh, where they would look at him as sort of a, 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 a you know, a new, a new, a new per- person t- kind of taking the reins, maybe it would give him that, that swagger back, that confidence back. Um, right now, that's the main thing between him and Jalen Hurts. You saw that they both sort of fell into a similar pattern when it got down to crunch time and you needed somebody to make a play. They both have this tendency to sort of go into hero ball, um, which we hadn't seen from Hurts yet, but it definitely happened this weekend. Um, and I don't know if that is indicative of just quarterbacks in general, that they're going to do that. And when you have bad players around you, you end up having a bad result. But I think that in the end – it's still going to be Carson Wentz that's going to have the the better career. I don't necessarily mean it's going to be the better Eagles career. Well, yeah, I think I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Gene, on that one. I think I think Carson will have the better career ultimately, with the caveat that he is not with the Eagles. If if he's with the Eagles for the remainder of this contract that he signed, he will not have a great career because I think this. I don't know. It's a poisoned. It's a poisoned apple. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Poison well. What, yeah. what do you call it? Anyway, it's a the, the situation here is a little toxic um, in terms of Carson, his relationship to the team, the city management. I, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure because we never get a full picture on that. But I think that it's just not working here. He needs a fresh start somewhere else. Unfortunately this contract is a bit of an albatross around everyone's neck right now. And kind of, how do we, I'm glad it's not my problem to figure out how to deal with. And I can just come on here and bitch about it. Cause no matter what they pick, 
it's going to be the wrong thing to do. So <laughs> I mean, kind of in that territory right now uh, with everything. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, any firings at the end of this season? It's your, I was going to make the, ask the exact same question and maybe to narrow it even further. The, there are three people I think that are going to have that are on the hot, hot, hottest of hot seats. Okay. Three people. I think it's Carson Wentz. I think it's um, Howie Roseman. And I think it's Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Which of those folks? The Holy Trinity. Is, do you think? <laughs> do you think all three come back? Two come back? None come back? What? What are? What? What? What do you think? At, at this point, I think it's either going to be two or three. Uh, if I had to bet, I'd say Howie is gone, just because you know Jeffrey Laurie has really shown a desire to win, or at least to be respectable. Yeah, you know, say what you will about the Andy Reid error, but we are always hanging around at the top of, you know, the division, the the conference, the league. We there were always there was always hope. We we're always within striking distance, and right now, Howie Roseman has very little on his resume, and something's got to give. And I don't know if you want to go. If you if you have faith in Carson, or at least some faith, or Doug, and you want to give them a fair chance, you got to give them better players, and do you trust Howie to get them better players? So if I had to bet, I'd say Carson is back, um, Doug is back, Howie's gone, which puts both uh, Doug and Car- Carson on extremely hot seats. You know, I, I can't imagine... Doug lasting two seasons, unless unless next season is is night and day difference from t- uh, this season. Yeah, I think um, I think if anyone's not going to be there, it's going to be Carson. I think that they're really going to try to find a way uh, to get him off of the team one way or another. If they can't then I think all four of them come back. And I say four of them because I believe that Jeffrey Laurie will force the hand of Doug Peterson and force him to hire an offensive coordinator. Um, Because, and it may be like, well, that you look, I can't bring you back if you're not willing to do this. Because it's clear it doesn't, it's not working. Yeah. Offense is not working just with Doug being like, I I do everything and go for it on fourth down and go for two. Yeah. And I mean, I guess maybe you would, uh, I guess Doug would probably still ultimately be able to have sort of that sway as far as the offense. Like if he wants to, to sort of pull those sorts of levers, I guess you could probably hopefully work with somebody in that capacity that would still sort of be on the same page with you at least. Um, I like that thought. I like the idea that if you're going to bring back Doug Peterson, that there's going to be some at least consequences for the way this has turned out. Um, I tend to believe that Howie Roseman is probably the one of the three that is most likely to go because ultimately I think Carson, it's going to depend on market. Like you, you have to have a market to move a quarterback with this, with this contract. And I don't know where that sort of situation fits for anybody especially coming off of a year where your revenue is down i don't know if anybody's going to want to sort of take that gamble you never know uh mm-hmm. but but you sort of have to find a partner you, you don't have to find a partner to to fire your gm 
And of the th- <laughs> of of the of the people we're talking about, we've seen that Jeffrey Lurie is willing to sort of move on from Howie Roseman. He he did sort of put him on the other side of the building uh, during the Chip, Chip Chip Kelly era. It bit him in the ass ultimately, but I think that he sort of understands that, and and I think that so does Howie too. That that there is a much shorter. It's it's a much more what have you done for me lately lately business in the GM field like you know yes there were injuries but you're the one that's supposed to have us be deep enough to withstand those injuries um you know and there are certain things that Harry Roseman doesn't value that have continuously hurt this team he doesn't value and cannot evaluate wide receiver talent he doesn't value and cannot evaluate secondary talent he he, he puts no value in in linebackers um you know, these are sorts of things that other teams are managed to 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 succeed with. Um, so I think that there's going to be a, a, some some change of philosophy coming down from the top. And I, I don't think that Roseman is back. I think they're going to look for a new GM. I think they're going to put Doug on sort of a uh, a probation. But you're going to need you're going to need to make some some changes. And I think they're just not going to find a dance partner for for Wentz. So and maybe hopefully. This is finally the 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 thing that will kick him into competitive gear. I think they were hoping by drafting Hertz that they were going to comp- kick him into competitive gear. But if you go into camp with an open competition, maybe he will actually care. Maybe he will so, actually step up. Gene, is it is it your uh, are you saying that Howie Roseman is a poor evaluator of secondary football players, wide receiver football players? linebacker football players, offensive line football players. Well, would, would you like to revise that statement to just Howie Roseman is a bad evaluator of football players? Um, Yeah, I, I think that that's, <laughs> I think that that's pretty, pretty much what it and comes that, down to. You and, know what I mean? And that may be another caveat that Jeffrey Lurie wants to say. It's like, look, you, you, I, you do the, you do good trade stuff. You good at trade. You good you at know salary good. cap. You good you at salary good cap. at pick good player. No. You good I at trade bad game. player. You no good at pick good player. So, you know, I mean, maybe his perfect role is that, like, contract negotiator. I mean, remember, he did get us out of that Chip Kelly shit show with Kiko Alonzo and all that other bullshit. Yeah, the fire sale um, of all of our talent to get crappy fast. Yeah, no, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> he did get us Carson, you know, th- that whole parlay that got us Carson Wentz, which you may say could be the, the beginning of our troubles, even though well, it, it garnered you know, us. Well, I will Super say Bowl. this. You yeah. do not win the Super Bowl in 2017 without Carson Wentz playing at the level he does for the whole season. I don't yeah, think that probably, had you started – Nick Foles the whole year. We've seen how Nick Foles plays as a starting quarterback over a long period of time. He 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 cannot sustain that sort of level of play. Carson Wentz was was a big part of the reason why we won the Super Bowl. I, I think that's often forgotten, even by me. Um, but I think that if you look at if that as the the result of the Harry Roseman era, that 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 is an accomplishment. But like I said, it's a what have you done for me lately? Business. The NFL is going to catch up to you. Uh, they're going to catch on to what you're trying to do, Doug. You, you're going to have to evolve and change and be willing to be flexible. That's how 
teams that are constantly successful succeed. Look at Andy Reid. He has reinvented how he coaches and builds his teams over and over again. Um, you, you may or may not agree with how he does it currently or the types of players maybe that he brings into the organization, but you can't argue with that he has a track record of success. Several things there that I, I think are pretty enlightening and, and do speak to me. I don't give Carson enough credit for what he did in the regular season to, you know, take the ball to the the 85 yard line and then hang hand it off to to Nick Foles to to get it in the end zone and, and win us the Super. Also Bowl. hilarious. You think it's an 85 yard line? <laughs> 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knew what I meant. Um, it's a, it's like a tape measure. Um, uh-huh. um, <laughs> but the, but to take us so far and then hand the baton off to uh, off to uh, Nick to finish it for us. So he really does deserve. A lot of respect for that. And then also the players that were on the team from free agency, you know, that came on probably because of the MVP caliber season, you know, that um, that uh, once had the year before or MVP caliber potential. Uh, so, yeah, there was the year at the injury, the Super Bowl year, he should have been MVP, but. I'm mixing things up now, but he, his talent brought people on board to supplement the team. And then the point about Howie Roseman is, you know what? He did come on as this, you know, boy genius, you know, cap manager, clever in trades for draft picks to move up and get Carson, that sort of thing. I wonder if he could be promoted out of his job, you know, give him the old Paul Holmgren. Not like uh-huh. the team president, but like senior advisor of football and contracts or something, and go, hey, we want you around. You offer a service, but we can't demote you, so we're going to promote you and then bring in a real GM. The only problem you that know, that maybe. sort of you run into with that is to get a real GM, they don't want Howie Roseman hanging over their their shoulder. You know what I mean? Right, if, right, if, right. If, but this wouldn't be a Paul Holmgren promotion, where Paul Holmgren really was. You know, the president of hockey operations, so much so that he was able to fire his replacement. He was able to 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 wrest control of the team back from Ron Hextall. I do kind of think it would just be promote him into a position with far less power. But maybe you more know? than any other position in sports, GM of an NFL team may have the most maybe the most like egomaniac people in the entire realm of professional sports. These are guys that absolutely insist on total control um and it's one of the things that you you see why very few head coaches who sort of demand this sort of control really ever succeed with it because it is sort of an all-encompassing and all-absorbing position um to sort of divide it i I don't know that you're going to get the caliber of guy that you want because these guys are sort of a you know attracted to having total power um, good or bad, you know, maybe there is a model that can be sort of started by dividing that job. But as far as finding a known commodity, which is, I think, what Lori's going to look for, I don't know that 
somebody's going to come in here without being able to make his own trades and do his own contracts, you know, to be essentially just a draft guy. All right. You guys ready to lower the casket on the 2020 Eagles and, uh, you know, kick a, kick a few piles of dirt on this thing. Damn straight. There's nothing, there's nothing that can happen next week that would change the eulogy. So <laughs> yeah, I'll be amazed if we even really discuss it. And like, unless something really monumental comes up, um, I, I think it might it might even get skipped or pushed to the back end. Who knows? I can't, I can't imagine it not being skipped unless there's some sort of injury, some sort of post-game firings, or if Swoop comes out at <laughs> halftime in Kelly Green. You know, I want to do full full breakdown <laughs> play of by Eagles-Washington football team. <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen uh, after the game on Sunday if it, night. If it stays Sunday night at eight thirty, yeah, no, no way. <laughs> I may not even make it to there. halftime on that game. And I was actually going to say, like, the best thing now is like at least we don't have to watch a four o'clock football game again. Yeah, next <laughs> week, and it's like, oh shit, this game's on at eight. It's got to be moved to one. Yeah. There's just no way. I would rather it move to like ten a.m. Saturday. <laughs> they should move it to one because you really want that at the same time as the Dallas game. Yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. if it gets flexed, you might as well just move it to one. You're not going to just swap it. Yeah. 425. Yeah. All right. I do like moving 10 a.m. Saturday. That'd be fun. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, the Sixers played four basketball games. Yeah. And I think four ba- games since we were last on, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I had a very yeah, different. So- different idea of what I was going to talk about with as far as the Sixers goes about uh, an hour before showtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're it's true. Hey, your 76ers are three and one. Um, just coming off of a nice comeback win against the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. So I don't know why I say Toronto Raptors. Well, at least it became more French. It's still not Canadian. Yeah. But it's, as opposed, I know what you were going for there. As opposed to first, I thought it was Spanish, <laughs> and then it really did go into French, N- not Quebecois, not not French Canadian, but still Toronto, Toronto Raptors, Toronto, Toronto Raptors, eh. Raptors, eh? <laughs> the Raptors, eh? Uh, you can do Bob and Doug McKenzie. Although the Toronto accent's not terribly strong. Uh, think of who was it? Ben Affleck in Argo, along with a uh, friend of the show, uh, Bill Tangrady. Um, Billy T. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he does some things well. He does other things not so good, or or whatever the uh, the rhyme was at the time. But Toronto, we don't pronounce the other T. It's like Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, Raptors. They're, just, them, they're descendants but. of birds, you know. <laughs> raptor uh <laughs> yo but look i seriously i hate the raptors so it was good to see uh uh it was good to see them come back and win this game especially when you know you thought for a minute there that Embiid was maybe had an injury and was and was out for a while but when after he came back in that game and I think that's something that we're really taking away from this week is just how critical Joel Embiid is yeah um you know three and one you know that that one loss was an Embiid uh scheduled rest day it was uh technically uh, against, against the Cavs. 
Yeah, the second game of a back-to-back, and boy, they just did not look good in that game at all. No, they looked completely uh, incapable of of doing anything on offense in that game. Uh, it really shows how much the offense sort of is is predicated on having Joel Embiid sort of operate in the way he does and do the things that he does that maybe no other center in the league can do. Uh, it was a you know as much as I thought Dwight Howard in the first two games was sort of a revelation as far as being able to to rebound and the amount of defensive space he sort of takes up and um but man did he look old and slow and just bad uh when he had to 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 sort of spot start um and I don't know if that is more to speak of it's just so hard to find a center that can do the things that Joel and B does well so basically yes, everybody everybody you watch uh, play as a counter to him is always going to look slow and sluggish and bad because you know even Joel Embiid when he's not at top form still does things that just other guys that size they just can't do um i, I i'm not understanding a lot with the with the 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 hate on Ben Simmons i sort of saw today uh, i don't know that he, i would say that he had a great game but um you know, this is a guy that's always going to be on the other team's best player. He's uh, going to be perennially a candidate for for offensive play, uh, defensive player uh, of the year. On you know, certainly an All NBA defender. Um, at this point, I'm sort of tired of hearing people complain about his 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 lack of shooting threes. Um, it's it's not something that's going to be in this guy's nature. Uh, you know, would I like to see him shoot some more jump shots? Sure. Um, but not at the sacrifice of having him take more bad shots. I would rather them find a way to put better, more consistent shooters around him. And the the idea is that that's what they did this year. Um, and you saw coming down the stretch in this game tonight, Seth Curry hit a really cut clutch three that was sort of all evolved around uh, Joel Embiid driving and kicking it out. And he, I mean, he couldn't have been more wide open. So, uh, if you're in that stage of a game of a tight game against a quality opponent and you're able to get a three-point shooter left that wide open, I think that there are some things that you can take away as a positive there. This team needs time to figure themselves out. This is only game four. Um, I'd like to see where we are after about 25 games and see if um, where things sort of fit. I will say that had they went on to lose tonight, from what I was watching, it just seemed like sort of the main thing that they really need to sort of attack is they've got to not let teams shoot such a high percentage of threes against them. They got to figure out a way to defend the perimeter better. And uh, they've got to cut down on turnovers. They, they just have to. Um, what did you think, Dave? Well, yeah, I think the whole going back to the whole Ben Simmons thing and the, the shooting of threes, I feel like you're going to be a lot less annoyed about it this year than you have been in years past because you do have more of a complete well-rounded team around them. You know, when you're the Monstars last year and no one is out there shooting, it is a bit more, it is a bit more glaring. Now that you have a bit of capability around the perimeter, it's going to be less annoying. We'll, we'll just put it that way that he's not willing to do that and, and and to take those jump shots. So, I mean, I think we just all need to come to terms with it. It's just never going to happen. It's just, it's over. Like right. it's just not, 
you, you can watch all the shootarounds and gyms and him and Dwight Howard can shoot threes after games and uh, Instagram videos and Liv Simmons can post all kinds of shit she wants about, you know, how Ben's going to, you know, whatever. It's just never going to happen. So just forget it, move on and deal with it or trade them for James Harden, you know, whatever you're going right. to do, but it's just never going to happen with the shooting. I think that, um, yeah, to, I mean, today's game, I think they probably lose this game last season. Oh, for sure lose this game last season. Uh, even though it was at home and, yeah. we, never, and we never lose at home. Uh, it, Tobias Harris came around tonight uh, with a good game, you yeah, know, I think 26 he was, points. I was going to say he was the second double, leading double. scorer. Yeah, second leading scorer on the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he struggled early. I mean, he was oh, killing yeah. me. He was killing me the first two games. I was like, not only is he killing me offensively, he was a defensive liability, but, um, you know, I think he just needed some time to get into it. Only two preseason games, you know, just some time to get to get into the flow of things. So I kind of – I mean, like, I like where we're at, you know. Um, maybe Toronto's not that good. They're 0-3. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a one a 3-1 and start is basically what I had penciled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think we're in a good position. Yeah. I like the job Doc Rivers is doing. I think he calls good plays out of timeouts. Um, I sort of like his rotations. I haven't seen any yeah. situations where you're late in games and you're scratching your head as to why, you know, why a guy is in in the particular game. I, I would like to see, um, you know, I, I don't need to see as much maybe as of of Maxi's right now. Um, I think maybe you know, maybe some more comfortable leads. You, you you run him out there a lot, but he is an exciting player to watch. Um, yeah, I, I think that the East is a very weird, um, conference right now. I, I, I'm not sure what to make of the Bucks. They got the, they got the snot kicked out of them, um, this week. Yeah. Um, you know, are the Cavaliers, uh, actually good? I, I, I have no idea. Um, you know, and the Celtics seem like they, they certainly have taken a step back, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see how things shake out. Um, I'm feeling comfortable sort of where we're at right now. I I am not of the mindset that you, you separate Ben and Joel to bring in James Harden. Uh, I know he dropped like 40 something on his, in his debut, but um, I'm just not comfortable with, with moving on from a a Ben Simmons who is going to be better for longer or going to be good for longer at this point. Um, And is just a better defender. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting for Brooklyn also to implode. Uh, I mean, they look scary as hell right now, but I just think they've got a lot of chemistry and mental issues that could crop up in that in that situation to be comfortable. Uh, maybe they have a great year, but I don't see them being any sort of a situation that you could count on being a perennial, like, start of a dynasty or something when like you saw that. Dinwiddie is out for the season. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's going to be a, a major uh, – a major hit to them. You know what I mean? That's we'll see. We'll see how they go over the long term. Like I said, I, I I'm waiting for Kyrie to start showing his true colors the way he seems to always do. The guy uh, has as many teams, uh, you know, destroyed. Maybe the only other, other guy that's uh, can touch that record is Jimmy Butler. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, um, look, if the heat could win, if the, if the heat could win this conference last season, there's no reason the Sixers can't win it this season i'm not really scared of anybody 
I, I think I actually think Brooklyn is the scariest team. Yeah, I think um, they certainly right are now. right now. But uh, it, it's one of those things where if they can't if they can't keep it together, there you become a lot less scary when you've got a lot of infighting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any any other Sixers? No, I'm glad we won tonight. I'm glad we won. Yeah, tonight. I think uh, I think next week's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, what do we got? Magic and two games against the Hornets next week. So yeah. we could be looking at a six and one team. Yeah, that would be great. Totally possible. Yeah, yeah. I would keep keep an eye on our road games. But uh, hey, you know, I, I wanted to ask. Um, there's a couple of Flyers prospects that have looked real, real good. Um, especially they look good today. So want to give us a little, yeah, uh, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk to Chuck because I think we're going to start the, uh, the cam York watch. Yeah. Uh, can, <laughs> can we get a little, a little prospect, a little prospecting, a little, a little, a little shake the gold pan and see what falls through. <laughs> what are our prospects? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, what the guys are um, referring to is uh, the World Junior Classic going on now in uh, Red Deer, Alberta. I think Edmonton as well. Um, and Team USA has two players that the Flyers drafted back in 2019, I believe. In uh, Bobby Brink, who for the love of God, I always want to call Bobby Brinks with an S and Cam York. Cam York is the captain of the team. Uh, Cam is a defenseman. Uh, Bobby is a winger and they both had really good days today. And uh, we'll, we'll start with Bobby uh, first. He uh, put up two goals, was a really aggressive forward, a bit of a, bit of a spark plug out there um, getting um, behind a tough checking check team. No pun intended. A, you know, a, you know, a tight checking check team, a, the checks check, the checks check. Uh, that's not as punny as my um, Swiss checking. Yeah. Uh comment from a few years back. But the Czech team was a aggressive team, a rough team, a hard-hitting team. And Bobby is a smaller player, which we like in Philadelphia from our wingers. I think I remember um, when when we, he got drafted, you you drew some comparisons maybe to like Danny Briere. Am I am I completely off of <laughs> That would be generous if if I if I was if I was thinking that way, um, I must have been in a really good mood. Um, uh, I, I think in the past I've, I've compared um, Travis Konechny to to Briere a long That's time ago. Possible, yeah. Is huh. drunk a really good mood? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. For me, it's a bit of a bell curve. Um, <laughs> Sad, sad, sad. Okay, okay, okay. Happy, delighted, euphoria, crash. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought I was talking to my therapist. Um, <laughs> I don't know if... Maybe I, I was really feeling high on him after the draft, whereas I felt as if I was more cautiously optimistic with um, 
with Bobby Brink. And he he has some talent. He has some good hands. He's had a really good showing um, uh, today. He's had uh, a good season and whatever at Denver. I mean, both Cam and Bobby are coming from the NCAA, which like everything is fucked up because of COVID. You know, um, Cam's team last year, they had a really strong Michigan team that the season just ended. They There was no Frozen Four. There was no playoffs. The season just ended. Um, and I, I forget how um, Denver was doing. But Bobby has shown the nice kind of progression you want to see. Um, he had a two-goal game today. I think he had an assist before that. But that's it. So he's got three points um, in this tournament so far. The USA has played three games. They won two of them decisively, lost pretty handily to Russia. Um, but that was the first game of the tournament. Again, everything's weird because of COVID. Also, these kids are 19 years old. Um, as for Cam, he's the highest scoring defenseman in the tournament. He is captain of Team USA. And it, most of his points are coming from assists. He had a three-assist day today. Take that with a grain of salt. He's the quarterback of the power play. And USA won 7 nothing. So, <laughs> like, he's going to get his points. Um, the IIHF, uh, International Ice Hockey Federation, wasn't really updating assists in real time. I believe... Only one of his assists actually came on the power play, mm. which was really good to see. The The biggest takeaway I have is just his poise in the position. He, he is skating like a veteran out there. Now, it's an under-20 tournament at 19. He's as old as you're going to get. But he he doesn't panic. He does not seem rushed. He's okay sitting with the puck on his stick and letting action happen around him. He's good at finding other players, good at closing down gaps. He has a lot of hockey sense. Um, and I, I had sent out a text to, to our sports people uh, about how impressed I was with him uh, in this game. And then I went on to Flyers Twitter and was like, oh, looking at him as the, as the next coming and saying, well, his defense is really good too. I don't know why people say he does. He has defensive deficiencies. He does, <laughs> but that's okay at 19 in college. Most of your defensemen are not Ivan Provorov, who are going to be your number one defenseman at 21. Um, and uh, Cam York is not going to be that for the Flyers there's a good chance he's going to be number two. I'm optimistic. I'll say this. I'm optimistic he's going to be our number two defenseman within two to three years. He he just has a really strong hockey sense. He really thinks the game well and, the, and has such a calm compo composure about him, along with all the skills you need to be a good defenseman that I suspect his NHL learning curve is going to be kind of short. He, my initial thought is he's going to turn pro this spring. But again, if like things go sideways, I think Michigan is five and five right now. 
I don't know what their season's going to look like. They have three draft eligible prospects on Michigan, which is a little, their, their team is young. What I'm saying. Um, so if there's no ready-made space for him in the 2021, 2022 season, there's a decent possibility to go, you go back to college take your shot at winning a national championship and then come right up to the flyers once you're done, you know? Um, but there, there's a lot of things to be excited for with Cam York. I'm more excited for Cam York than, than Bobby Brink. Not that Bobby Brink doesn't have talent, not that he can't be uh, a, a effective NHL winger. It's really hard to say. I mean, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be your fourth line. I think he'd be in your top nine. But there's – he's not dominating out there just yet. He, he's he got a lot of skill. We'll have to see how it translates. Um, very happy – long story short, very happy with everything I'm seeing. Really high on Cam York. I think if he progresses the way he has been, him and Provorov are going to be – you know, your, your Niedermeyer Stevens uh, for the Flyers. You know, so it's, they, they can, and then Sanheim Myers, it, it becomes um, a really oppressive top four. So, all right. So we can expect, we can expect Cam York to be in a Flyers uniform on the ice. What? St. Patrick's day. No. (laughs) Wait, what year? St. Patrick's Day 2022? Probably. I'd put, you know, I'd put some money that we will see him in a Flyers uniform on the ice by St. Patrick's Day. No, not St. Patrick's Day. The Frozen Four happens in April. This is bullshit. He's clearly already better than at least one defenseman on our team. Which defenseman? I don't know, but he's got to be better than one of them. I, I don't think so. I think if you plopped him in the NHL right now, he'd get his doors blown off. And we'd be talking about him like we talk about Robert Hegg. Where we're going, Chuck, we don't need doors. (laughs) (laughs) We do. They have to come up from the side of the car. That's how they have to go. That's how you fly. (laughs) Also, the official emoji representation for Cam York I sent you guys is the camera Statue of Liberty. Oh, that makes so much more sense. I have to let's go inside the show for a moment. When I started talking, if you heard me stutter and stammer more so than usual, um, right at the beginning, it's because Dave sent me a camera and a picture of the Statue of Liberty. And Cam York is playing on Team USA. So I thought, like, let's take a photo for Team USA. I'm like, what the fuck is this even going on about? And I just chose to ignore it. Yeah, um, I noticed that. <laughs> Cam New York? I don't know. Well, I hear York. I I mean, maybe Peppermint Patty? Yeah, that's not available as an emoji at this time. Richard III? <laughs> um, I'm also, I'm not 100% sure if that's an emoji or not, or if that can oh, be no, he's not. No, it's... Uh, it's it's the guy he supplants is the son of York. Yeah, we can do uh, a Yorkshire Terrier. Ooh. A Yorkshire Terrier. That's good. That's good. But I don't have a Yorkie emoji. I'm just saying to, to go along with Carthart, 
Fairy is, B. Yeah, those are all great. Classics. Even. And Ghost Bear. We have the uh, the Cam York. And he's he's captain of Team USA. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. So you know, this is this is a, a guy that's captain of Team USA. Um, is this a future Flyers captain? Do you think like at twenty six yeah. or twenty seven, he's he's captain of the Flyers? No. Do you just think it. that there's just too many people that are already on this roster that are? It's already in line? Provorov. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, he would have to he would have to come in and supplant a lot of people to do so. Um, this upcoming season, I, I had shared, um, it was, uh, Alex Appleyard's, um, points about all the things that Giroux can surpass this season. Most notably, most points by a flyer player on the power play. Mm, that's well, with, well within his grasp should happen this season. Giroux is going to be captain for uh, at least another three years. Wow. Three more years of, of, of Captain Claude. I like I would that, say actually. So, yeah. yeah, I like that, actually. Yeah, he... he um, I, don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me now, but I figured that he has the potential really to be the longest-serving captain in Flyers history. Wow. Um, I He would have to, like, give up the mantle. And if he did, it would probably be to, like, Sean Couturier. Well, that would be that would be my... That was the guy who I think is most ready, you know, if there was somebody else that was on the... He is, but then you have Ivan Provorov right behind him. Ivan Provorov, as he gets better and grows into this role as number one defenseman, he's he is a leader of the team already, and will continue to be so. And then, once we're talking Provorov captaincy, we're getting many years down the line. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Camure comes in and supplants Provorov. As our number one defenseman, then he's real good. Then the Flyers are real good. Yeah. Then the Flyers are real good, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't quite see it happening, just because I'm really high on Provorov, and with how quickly he acclimated to the pro game, with how ready he was to jump in and play at the NHL level, and. York's gonna be there sooner rather than later. Um but it's it's still not quite the same. He is he's less of the the prodigy than Provorov um is and was. So York could overtake him. I suspect not. I think I think we're looking, you know, number two or three defensemen out of York. I'm very optimistic. I think he's going to be our number two defenseman. Throw in Sandheim, throw in Myers, and the Flyers' defense in front of Carter Hart is going to be incredible. Talk about all of those fantastic wingers we have. Our center depth can be a little. It, there are too many question marks for my liking, but yeah. our top two centers uh, in Hayes and Couturier, phenomenal. We got Frost coming up. I'm still a believer in Patrick. And then we're talking fourth line center. We have an abundance of them. So there's a lot of reasons to be excited. But if one of those reasons is you want to buy your Cam York jersey for this season, it's it's not going to happen, Dave. This one I feel even more confident than I did about Carter Hart 
which turns out I was slightly wrong about Carter Hart, I believe. He came up sooner than you hoped. (laughs) Not as soon as you hoped. Sooner than I thought, later than you hoped. I think um, Cam York, I can't imagine we see him until next year at the earliest. And by next year, I mean 2021-2022 season. So, listen, I I was just before we came on, I I noticed on Twitter that there's some talk about uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Did you see any of this today? Yes, Henrik Lundqvist is going to have open-heart surgery. Now, had he retired, Um, or was he still, like, was there plans for him to start and goal for New York this year? Not New York. He signed with the Capitals. Oh, okay. All right. I I, I, I guess it it's hard to think of him as anything but a ranger, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I wish him a full and speedy recovery and would love to see him in a Caps uniform. Was he going to start for them? Was he, was he brought in to start? He brought in to compete for the number one job, probably to be like the one a, yeah. Um, which would have been a really good fit for him. I wanted to get him around the time we got Elliot, Maybe, maybe the second year of Elliot, I wanted the Flyers to do a hard push for Lundqvist and go, you'll be 1A, Hart will be 1B, and then you'll flip-flop. Right. Um, and I think that would have been really good for him. I thought uh, the Caps would have been a really good fit for him. I'm surprised right that now, Carolina just... didn't really push to try and bring him in. Although, I Yeah, guess... that is... I mean, it would have worked for him, worked out better for him now, but... <sighs> No, uh, Lundqvist is having a aortic valve replacement, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it seemed like it was not a... It's not a little thing. Not a minor it, procedure. Yeah, he had a heart issue that I don't know how he was, how much he was aware of before, but he was not aware of the severity. Yeah, all I heard and, was that he was having some real trouble, like shortness of breath and stuff, and that got checked out, and that's how they discovered the issue. Yeah, and it was maybe... Maybe three weeks to a month ago, he said um, he's done for the season. He won't be there. He needs to take care of his health. And it just came out in the last couple of days that he is going to be having an open heart surgery. Do you, do you think that this is going to end? You know, is this the sort of thing that you, you, you know, it's going to be a year long recovery and maybe you, you sort of hang yeah. it up? It's retirement time. Yeah, it is. It, um, I mean, he, he he's had such a great long career. He's He really has had a long run of quality uh you know so you, you never want to see somebody go out because they they're forced out but yeah um but it, it's at his age i mean the rest will be good for him like the the you know some taking some of the mileage off would be good for him but he's he's gonna be laid up for months yeah i mean even even more so than oscar Lindblom, and right. he's got I don't know off the top of my head, 20 years on Oscar Limbaugh. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, and you're going to be, you know, his job is to be an NHL goaltender and have, you know, pucks fly at him at a hundred miles an hour directly at his chest. I don't care how much padding you've got on that. If you've got a valve replaced, I feel like that's probably not in your best interest. Yeah. It's, I I almost feel like it's in poor taste to say it, but we've said it a couple of times. I can't imagine his career is anything but over. Um, his number will get retired in New York. He'll win the Masterton trophy, even though he didn't come back to play. Um, he'll, he'll be a, he'll be fat, not fast tracked, but a first bout hall of famer. And it's just going to be, well, he'll go down as one of the greats that, that never won the cup. Yeah. 
All right. I think that is all the time we have for today. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, probably not talking much Eagles, but uh, more Sixers. And we'll be like really on the doorstep of the Flyers dropping the puck. Right. When's the first game? The 13th? The 13th, uh, 5.30 Eastern time against the Penguins, a part of a triple header on NBCSN. Um, yeah, so by the time people are listening to this, the Flyers are going to be two weeks away. I think I speak for all of us when I say noise. Noise. <laughs> I thought it was going to be fuck the Penguins. That's why I thought it was going to be. But... Also that. So uh, and, until we speak again, have a great day at work, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Um, So, again, have a great New Year, everybody. We are out of here. 